You're listening to Soul Work with Song, where we believe your soul is worth the work. Now, while I'm grateful to have you here with me today, I've got to admit this. I'm in my feelings. And if you haven't been under a rock, you may be too. Now, we're jumping right into this episode because we got to talk. You ready? Let's work. What a week. Seriously? Like, seriously, what a week. Now, I'm not sure about you or where you find yourself this week, but yo, it, it almost feels like an onslaught of just bad news. Like earlier today, I got to admit this, I started crying and had to take a second just to gather myself. Now, I am careful about what kind of content we talk about on this show for a myriad of reasons, but here's what's grabbing me. Here's what caused the tears. The idea that these interactions with the police, it keeps killing our brothers, sons, husbands, fathers, nieces, aunties, daughters, mamas, and sisters. Like the fact that whether we comply or not, (laughs) whether we respond out of understandable, viable fear and anxiety, we could still meet the same fate. Like, genuinely, what what are we to say to the exhaustion of all of this? Like, what do we do? Uh, I got a husband, a daddy, two brothers, and a son. How are we supposed to be when they leave their home of comfort and safety and go out into a world that does whatever they can to enforce a lie that our lives aren't as valuable? So this is an issue for me that goes beyond compliance and being around the right crowd, right? Though I'm sure there's value in that sentiment somewhere. But what are we to genuinely make of this consistent injustice of 2021, right? Like this is the stuff that you would expect to read if you were reading the morning paper, I don't know, 60 years ago. 2021, still? And then we have the grief of Friday when we lost DMX, right? Like If you listen to episode one of season one, you know that I'm from Connecticut, loud and strong, bleed blue, Yukon Huskies, all that. If you were from the East Coast period, Connecticut, tri-state, right? So Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, whatever. You were probably a DMX fan. How's it going down is a forever classic. Like kindly argue with your mom. The Rough Riders during the late 90s, stop. They were, they were a whole movement, even drag on. Like if you press me, I could probably still give you a few lyrics. That's just, you know, coming up in church. You couldn't, my mama never played that music, but you did have jams, nine, 10. It was an AM station. You would take your cassette tape and literally rip songs off the radio to listen to later. I'm just helping y'all who may not know cassettes, the Sony Walkman, or I got you better the yellow and gray Panasonic shockwave. If you remember this, somebody let me know that you you understand what it's like growing up in the suburbs in the very late 90s, early 2000s. Anyway, that was a quick trip down memory lane. But I want to get back to DMX. Uh, I saw a clip that circulated where he shared his first time using drugs and the pain that was very much still there present with him. 
that it was a guy who he looked up to as a big brother that kind of tricked him into using a stronger substance. So um, he did pass him a blunt, come to find out the blunt was laced with, I believe it was crack or some some drug. It's on its own line. You can totally Google it. But it's it's just heartbreaking. The idea of dealing with addiction, addiction of any kind. It's not something that you can just shout or speak in tongues over and it magically disappears. It just like anything in life, it's a process. Um, and I'm just I'm just really, really grieved to hear about his passing. I was really hoping that he was going to come through. Uh, but I do hope and pray that his soul is at rest with the Lord. That's that's my hope. Um, and what's wild is these are just two of the headlines that are swirling around in our world right now. There's so much more things we could discuss, but I won't. And I can only imagine what's going on in your life individually and collectively, fam. Like the pandemic is still going on over a year later. And unfortunately, people are still dying because of it. So the question almost becomes like with the news and everything else that's just constantly inundating us with messages. What are we to make of this? It's kind of crazy because last week on the show, we talked about the importance of practicing the discipline of celebration. And we looked at how dope it is that God is a God that prioritizes joy in our lives. And yet here we are the following week dealing with national news that can attempt to thwart our focus to give thanks in all things. At, at least that's what it almost did for me. So I had to shake myself a bit and turn to the thing that always brings me back to focus. And that's reading the Psalms. See, this week we were going to talk about the practice of prayer. Yeah, fam, fam, the rich, juicy feast we fit to have next week on all things prayer. Like, I'm not playing with you. I'm hyped just thinking about it because we are going to intentionally bust up some shoddy narratives for his namesake about prayer. You feel me? But today on this here episode, we're going to slow it down and rehearse the words of scripture that are meant to meet us where we are and turn us back towards him. So I found a fun fact about the Psalms recently. Like to hear it, here it go. I always thought, especially if you listen to gospel music, especially that period of like call and response gospel music, the Psalms are, I always thought the Psalms were mainly comprised of worship and giving thanks and happiness and joy. But actually, nah, like officially, there's at least 42 Psalms of lament. And I had one Bible teacher who I'm a fan of, he broke it down this way and explained that almost two thirds of the Psalms involve some level of lament, fear or grief in them. So so the question is, why? Like, why would a book that has so much to say about praise, thanksgiving and adoration of God also be filled with pain, fear, and frustration at God. My guess is because this is the human experience. Like followers of Jesus have this massive opportunity to find ourselves within the sacred scripture and see solutions to the aches of our soul there too. So in other words, the Bible makes room for our humanity. It doesn't sweep it under the rug, and it doesn't tell us to decree and declare it away either. It rolls up its sleeves and gets into the trenches of our shadowed souls with us. See, those moments of confusion, those dark nights of pain, the anguish, the anxiety, the hunger for security, and the envy of the wicked, 
The Psalms speaks of it all, including the injustice of the oppressed and the grief of loss. But but here's reason number 431 real quick of why I love the Psalms. Within the lines and pains of grief is a pathway to praise. With the exception of two Psalms, the writers of the Psalms understood this principle. Two things can be true at the same time. You can be discouraged and hopeful. You can be scared and secure. You can grieve and be grateful. See, sometimes it's in our lowest moments that we find the Lord is closest. The Psalms provides us with reassurance that there is no emotion, no human flaw or frailty that excludes us from being able to still see God as wonderful and glorious, kind and in control. So for some of us on the episode today, it's with heavy hearts and tear-rimmed eyes that we look to the ancient writings of those who know what it's like to pursue while being in pursuit. Those who are aware of tragedy making way for eventual joy because all who trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. And no matter what comes or what may happen, we agree with the generations before us and the ones to come that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. So we're doing a quick episode today. I'm just going to read two quick Psalms for us to meditate on this week. Let's take our time and reflect on the words, okay? So here is Psalm 13 and Psalm 34. Both are Psalms of deliverance, though the first is a plea for it, while the other is gratitude from it. Now, you may hear some pages turning heads up while I'm reading because I'm an old school millennial and I like reading from my precious. That's my nickname for my Bible. Leave me alone. Hush. Thank you. <laughs> now, here's the last uh, FYI. I'm going to be reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. So HCSB. It is one of my favorite translations. OK, let us begin. This is Psalm 13. Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me? Agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Consider me an answer, Lord my God. Restore brightness to my eyes. Otherwise, I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have triumphed over him. And my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. Let's turn to Psalm 34. Hear the word of the Lord. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim Yahweh's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried 
and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the man who takes refuge in him. You who are his holy ones, fear Yahweh, for those who fear him lack nothing. Young lions lack food and go hungry, but those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Come, children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who delights in life, loving a long life to enjoy what is good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Turn away from evil and do what is good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry for help. The face of the Lord is set against those who do what is evil to erase all memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. Many adversities come to the one who is righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil brings death to the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. The Lord redeems the life of his servants, and all who take refuge in him will not be punished. There you have it, the blessed word of the Lord. And we thank God. Okay, fam, I am signing off right here. Know that I'm praying for you. And I'm praying for me too this week. It's It's been a week, but we're going to persevere and we will get through this. Why? Because the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. So check out soulworkwithson.com if you'd like to see more thoughts. We're updating the website. And if you want to share your heart on what's up and what's happening with you this week, hit me up on IG at sanpope, S-A-H-N-P-O-P-E, or Hello at soulworkwithson.com. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, friends, you're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon.